I'm Heather Hunter, a visiting fellow at Independent Women's Forum, sitting in for Julie Gunlock on this episode of the Bespoke Parenting Podcast. The Bespoke Parenting Podcast is about and for parents who are tired of being told what to do. Well, today I have an amazing dad from the parent movement today, and his name is Chris Stegall. Chris is a Philly radio host and co-host of a new podcast called Making the Leap. Hi, Chris. Heather, how are you doing? Thanks for having me today. Great. Thank you. Thank you. We, Chris and I both work in the radio biz and, um, you know, so I'm, I know a podcast isn't a stretch in your career, but as far as, but it, but this is a new experience for you and not just talking about the news and what's in, in the newspapers, but you and your wife, Christine, have created a podcast, um, a parenting podcast, it's similar. It, this is a parenting podcast as well, but a lot of parents have a lot to say about what they went through during the pandemic. And, um, and you guys came together, you know, parents of three teenagers and your lives were changed by the pandemic and by what the COVID closures had done. And you made some important life decisions. And um, what were those decisions? And how did this podcast kind of come of those decisions? Well, thanks for the opportunity to share it. I, I know my story is probably not terribly different than so many of uh, your audience who went through the same thing, and, and you too. Uh, COVID was life-altering for our family and the community we were that we called home when the kids' school was shut down. And as that went on and on and, and seemingly with no end, my wife, who was a former public school teacher and our kids who have always been in public school, when they are kept out of it for this protracted period of time, and as we began to learn more about what COVID was and wasn't, uh, we were all seeing what was obviously detrimental to the children. Kids were just suffering and struggling at home, being you know locked away, forced not to socialize, staying behind these computer terminals. Uh, it was a great detriment. Uh, my wife started to take on other kids in our home, you know, because parents still had to go to work and didn't know what to do with their kids who were forced to stay home. And so my wife kind of became this weird one room schoolhouse with our kids and a few others trying to guide them through, you know, laptop learning. And it, all of a sudden, for the first time in our lives, b beyond the politics of what was going on in school, we were looking at one another going, what is going on? How did this happen? This feels so wrong. And that's when Christine really started for the first time, like so many others across the country, attending school board meetings and really trying to figure out who's making these decisions and why. She started to speak up at school board meetings, and she sort of inadvertently in our community became a, a real champion for other parents, other moms and dads who wanted their kids back in school. And then in no time, you know the politics because we talk about it a lot on the radio, with critical race theory coming on strong at the same time, a lot of gender dysphoria stuff coming on at the same time as curriculum, it, it just became genuinely dis disturbing uh, what we were seeing. Something that felt very comfortable and normal suddenly became really jarring and so ultimately, we ended up relocating. I mean, we left, we left our community. Uh, there were other issues. Our church was closed at the same time and so to go from this place where, you know, the kids are in public school, we're in church, we love our community, to everything closed down and we had no options and we felt a real tug. We said, we got to go. We got to get out of here. And we enrolled our daughter. Our sons are older. They're about done with school. But our daughter, who was just entering middle school, we, we began to explore private Christian education. That was our decision to, to go that route. And boy, we learned a whole new I'm happy to talk more about it. We learned a whole new world. And that was when um, some folks, and I'd love to tell you who they are, reached out to us to to produce a new podcast about our story. Yeah, well, absolutely. So you, um, so did you, 
uh, go the homeschool route or did you do the private uh, Christian school route or what, what, where, what direction did you go? On, we on- did. We ultimately ended up enrolling her in a, in a, we, we first found a private Christian school that was brand new, Heather. I mean, it was literally being built as COVID was a thing and we decided we were going to move our daughter. Um, it was a, a small, I mean, they, they literally, our daughter would have been the 10th to enroll. And we were really nervous about that. Ultimately, we ended up, as I said, moving and uh, moving her into an established Christian school that had a larger student population. But in doing that, we learned sort of the differences in Christian education. I mean, obviously, there there are uh, what they call kingdom education. There's classical Christian education. Then there's non-Christian education, too, parochial, private, three-day-a-week, homeschool, homeschooling pods. We've learned all about this um, just through our exploration. And when the Herzog Foundation, which is the Christian Education Foundation that's in Missouri, committed to developing and helping Christian schools grow and fundraise and administer themselves, they reached out to Christine and me to start telling our story and interview other people who are going through it too. And through that process, I've learned about all these different – that's what's so cool – the one-size-fits-all approach to public education is so wrong-headed. And look, I'd love for everybody to get a faith-based education, but if that's not your bag, fine. The point is there's just too much to you readily available as an option for your kids. We don't have to go this one-size-fits-all route. Well, I love uh, the Herzog Foundation has some great resources for parents as well on their website as well. So, and 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 as somebody who's now a homeschool mom, um, it, it's wonderful to constantly find all these new a- avenues of where to find information. And then now you have your podcast too, which is really important. You know, these parenting podcasts are really important for parents to kind of share with each other and create this great community uh, among each other, what we're going through and what we're experiencing and what we're kind of feeling, but also what we've discovered at the same time. And that's, that's, I think, the fun part about doing a podcast and, and sharing what we've actually found, the information that we have found through all this research. We hear that most of all, Heather, that um, doing this podcast, the notes that we get, people that are on the bubble, this is, um, and I don't know, you know, your kids are younger, so maybe this was a decision from the jump for you. For people like us who'd kind of just been going through the motions as we all a lot of us in our community do you put the kids on the bus you send them away they come home how was your day you go to the sports event it, yes it like there was this kind of established pattern that we all fell into and that was what was considered normal so to break that mold and to jump into something entirely different it's it's intimidating for a lot of people and the the one question we hear most is what about the sports what about the activities what about the socialization i know you homeschoolers hear that And the fact of the matter is when you talk to people that have been doing it for a long period of time, it really calms all that down. That is normal to millions of people who are already doing it. And to hear them tell their story of, yeah, this works and it's perfectly fine. And our kids aren't mutants and weirdos. Uh, They're better for it. it. It's but it's weird when you're conditioned that normal is public school. Get on the bus eight hours a day. They're with strangers and not with you. Uh, we are we the gotta, Borg. You must comply. And this is, <laughs> you know, so this, you actually, you actually, you realize how you've been trained to just constantly believe um, that you're supposed to do these things. And, and you, you were a public school kid. Your wife was a public school kid. I was a public school kid. My parents were public. My mom worked for the school board. My dad was a public school history teacher. 
And so, you know, it just public school was just kind of normal. This is what you do. And and then but then we started to realize that it had changed since we were kids. And and I don't know whether it's social media or whether it is just the pace of news or the Internet itself has made social uh, contagions to be so much faster in changing uh, how people actually view um, trends that are happening socially. And um, it just, everybody's out to kind of make this star of themselves or, or they're out to force on somebody an idea. Um, and if you don't, we'll get a mob to come after you uh, on social media or, um, or if you're, let's say, um, you know, in the school board fights, uh, you know, suddenly these teach suddenly, you know, um, they're they're making lists of parents who are questioning what's going on at the school board meetings that they happen in Loudoun County, where they suddenly realize that all these parents are suddenly being kind of, you know, discovered. And, and then they're making they're on this like little Excel spreadsheet of, oh, got to watch out for this parent. It's like, yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. And when we started to hear the DOJ was being petitioned to start surveilling school board meetings, for heaven's sakes, why? Watch out for the parents who would dare rise up and criticize the school boards. That was the next. I mean, I don't know about you, but that got next level chilling. Uh, and that was really kind of the moment that I got white hot about it and said, if, if this is becoming a matter for the DOJ, you know, I learned, Heather, I don't know if you knew this. And before it became a news cycle event, I didn't know there was such a thing as a national school board association. I'd never heard of such a thing. And that your state is working in conjunction. Well, your school board is working with your state school board association who reports and works with the national school board association. And then these people are lobbying the white house and the DOJ to, you know, monitor parent. What an insidious bunch of garbage. I was naive. I thought, Oh, your school boards, your local town people, you know, Hey, that's John. He's on the school board. I was work for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did your I mean, it must be interesting from a teacher perspective for your wife to have gone through being, you know, suddenly turning into this school board mom movement, um, but also being a school school teacher. You know, I mean, she must have she must have just been taken aback in the system that she worked in, um, yeah. in the public school system. How did when she came home and she was telling you what was going on, <laughs> what what was she saying? What was she just, was she just aghast at what was she was experiencing as a teacher herself? Yeah, she, um, she got out of it about, um, I don't know, maybe, maybe 10 years ago. So she, she put in 10 years and she stopped to stay home with the kids about 10 years ago. So we, we things were certainly starting to go that way. She learned right away. I remember as a younger mom, uh, we would talk about the union school board or the union school meetings uh, at the beginning of the year. And she would come home and then she'd say, well, I have to sign this thing that says, I say, you know, I've got to pay the union dues because they say if I get in legal trouble, this or that. So she kind of instinctively, um, and I, I speak for both of us. Uh, I don't mean to speak disparagingly of her. We were both really pretty naive to the politics of school. Um, she went in with a very wide eyed as most teachers do. They love kids. Yeah. They want to teach kids, and it's very pure of heart. And I think most school teachers are very pure of heart, but they quickly learn, sadly, that today it's now become this orthodoxy that, no, 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 this isn't about teaching kids. This is about indoctrinating kids, and you will comply, and you will teach the kids this. And by the way, you'll get your head right about it mm -hmm. if you don't agree. And so a lot of good men and women are now finding themselves in this weird spot because teachers get paid 
uh, a pretty, you know, in places like Missouri and Pennsylvania, for instance, there's great teacher retirement thing out there. I'm not, they're not rolling in dough, but the teacher retirement's a great deal in most states. And so if you can hang on and put in your time, you're kind of set up. It's a great pension plan on the way out the door. And so there are a lot of men and women asking themselves right now, do I hang around through this garbage for the pension or not? But there's a real conscious crisis, conscience of crisis going on right now, I think, with a lot of people in public education who teach. And, and a lot of them are leaving, and a lot of them are joining uh, private schools and Christian schools and taking much less money but feeling much more satisfied. Yeah. I, I've, some of them too, by the way, in the podcast. Yeah. That's wonderful. Um, I've noticed that there's a lot of uh, there's people who've kind of left the profession because that now you're talking about all these teacher shortages and um, and and they're kind of debating should I kind of stay for the retirement and and, and such. But um, there are some teachers that I've I've said you know when they've been trying to find their different avenue, maybe getting out of the public school education system. I said you know there's so many homeschool pods. There's so many even like Out School is like an incredible website and resource for homeschool parents. I mean I was doing an art class. Uh, there was a teacher who was um, for uh, there was a teacher who was teaching my kids how to draw some like pumpkins and kitties. Um, and there she's ki- she's kindergarten. So um, but it was actually teaching her how to draw. And so it was maybe 20 minute class, um, but it was wonderful. They were great with the kids. You could do dance class with them. You could even learn. Um, you could do math with them. I mean, there's all sorts of resources for parents to do, but also teachers to go find other places to go as well. Can I tell um, you one of the great stories about that, Heather? We just we just wrapped up an episode, which will be airing, uh, I think, uh, soon uh, in the next few weeks. Uh, a woman who happens to be a friend of my wife's, they went through college together. They became teachers, public school teachers. She was an art teacher. Um, she has three kids, and they ultimately ended up putting all three kids in a, in a private Christian education as well. Uh, one, she, she got terribly sick, unfortunately with cancer, uh, which she's come through, but her husband was kind of the sole income, uh, in the home and here she's battling cancer and she's got three kids in private school. They're, you know, they're on a razor's edge financially. She took her art degree and she started teaching art in her home to her kids and then a few other kids. And now she is running a full blown art school for homeschool kids in her house while her kids are at the Christian school. She's teaching homeschool kids art and making a really great living doing it. Isn't that amazing? That is incredible. There is, there is so much entrepreneurship that is in the um, homeschool uh, world. And um, I, I mean, I, I am just blown away. There's I'm trying to do this homeschool thing, but I'm blown away by what some of these moms are doing. Some some of these moms are having their kids learn how to fly a plane at like 13. Wow. And so they're taking, you know, plane lessons. Um, there's this one mother who's in D.C. who uh, she calls it Rome schooling. So she does her lessons by roaming around D.C. Like, OK, we're going to learn art today at the art, National Art Gallery. OK, we're going to learn about science today at the Air and Space Museum. OK, we're going to go. And, and she just teaches them. Uh, by roaming, but also her kid's 11 and he's actually designing his own computers. Like he's actually creating an entire computer. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, these kids are incredible. And um, you know, they talk about social skills. These kids are, you know, beyond uh, in, in social skills. They're incredible. This is your show. And I don't mean to interview you, but I am curious and maybe we'll have you on our podcast. Are you, (laughs) 
finding homeschooling uh, satisfying, challenging, frightening, uh, intimidating? How would you describe your experience with it so far? And how old are your kids? Um, well, mine, I have a pre-K and then I have a kindergartner, so uh, four and five. Um, so I just started the homeschooling in, in August, but then I did some pre-K prep for in, in June and July. And um, I do have a neighbor who helps me a little bit with, with a few days um, a week to help with um, like some of the math and, and language arts and um, uh, like while I'm working, trying to get some stuff done. And then I can do some homeschooling a- after like she does about three hours sometimes. And then I'll do hours afterwards in the afternoon when I have time. And and sometimes, you know, we'll be even sitting in, in bed before I'm about to go to sleep and um, it'll be seven o'clock at night and I'm doing a language arts lesson with her or I'm, uh, you know, doing a math lesson and so you know because the thing is be about being a working mom is like you got to do it when you're (laughs) when you got time but that's the thing we just talked to another mom who said the same thing there is no rule who says it has to be eight to four or whatever she said do it on the weekends doing at night if you've got to work i mean we just had this conversation i'm so glad you said that well, and so let's say on Monday, I know I'm going to have a really crazy Monday and I'm just, I'm super busy. So I'm going to do lessons on Sunday. And, and then, you know, I know, you know Fridays are always wrapping up the week and I got to, you know, I, it's always crazy. So then I, I do lesson lessons on Saturday. And so I kind of make up for that time or I'll even spread it out uh, throughout the day with lessons like, okay, I may not do math today, but I'll load up tomorrow with extra and so, um, so yeah, it, it, it's fun, but I mean, even, um, I think it's fun because I, I will, uh, I don't want, this is about you, so I don't want to do this, fun. but, um, but I think it's what fun. It's really important. It's instructive for people that are thinking about it. So thank you. But I think it's fun in that Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, well, this podcast will probably air after Thanksgiving, but Thanksgiving, um, we have a, uh, I have a whole lesson plan for that. We're going to make a video explaining Thanksgiving so we can show to her grandfather when he comes to visit for Thanksgiving. I already have the outfits of like the pilgrims. And, um, and so I have a boat, like a cardboard boat. So we're going to show that it's the Mayflower. And so we're going to do uh, like a, them, them leaving England, going to, you know, to America. And so we're going to explain that whole, you know, why they left and everything. And then, and then they're going to talk to Squanto. <laughs> and so, but anyway, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be what the whole uh, Thanksgiving experience was about. And so they actually learn it. And so they know the history of it and they understand it and they can act it out. Um, and, and that's, you know, we're, you know, we'll exchange corn and <laughs> it, it's brilliant. I, I'm, a, I'm very giving a very simple example of what's going on, but I mean, it's, it's, you can get as creative as you want. And so even talking about science, like talking about lightning, um, the girls are fascinated by weather. And so I had them do a whole weather girl lesson. Uh, we, we watched a bunch of um, videos about Benjamin Franklin. Then I did a lesson on um, electricity and lightning. And, um, and then we also um, did all these lessons with them. And then um and then I had them be a weather girl and explain to me about the lightning and, and then the rain outside and like what they were seeing and explain, explain the clouds. And um, so, now, were these so your own ideas or did you did you borrow them from somebody else or um, these? 
I've listened to some moms talk about their various ideas, but really it's, you know, sky's the limit on what you can do as a homeschooling parent. And it's fun because then you can go, oh my gosh, I need to, you know, they're, they're fast. They, they ask you a question about mom, what is this? Or or explain to me this. And my daughter's so daughters are so curious. And so then I make notes. Okay. I'm like, okay, now this is another lesson. I'm going to, you know, how can I get some props for this? How can I, (laughs) so and wouldn't it break your heart? I mean, that kind of ex- excitement to learn, that's what you hear so much about homeschool parents who've made this leap transition from public school to what you're doing. I hear this time and again. They like learning. They're excited to learn versus that attitude of Ugh, school. It, it yeah. really is remarkable the difference you can make by just shifting it the way you have. That's awesome. I love it's it. It's fun. Well, I wanted to ask you, you said you relocated, and I think that that is a um, – a very common thing actually uh, that people experienced during the pandemic and that people started to kind of look for elsewhere from wherever they were. Um, and, and I wanted to get your thoughts on why you re- relocated and also how you found like how you, it's a huge parent leap to actually take your family teenagers and change them to a different school system and also a different area. <laughs> I mean, what was that like? What were those conversations with your wife? Because that's, that's you know, it's, it's a, you know, you're thinking finances, you're thinking, is this the right neighborhood? You're, there's a lot of factors in that discussion. Yeah, it was, it was tough. I won't lie. It was, um, you know, I, our sons are uh, senior and junior in high school. And uh, then our daughter, as I said, she's in middle school. So uh, the boys, we didn't, um, we didn't move into a private school situation. We talked with them about it. They, they're pretty, um, we feel pretty grounded, pretty well established. We think they're great critical thinkers. Uh, they're very t- attuned to the politics of the day. Not that I raised them in steeped in any particular politics, but they're very aware of our values. And uh, we've, we've raised them in the church. And so when they go to school and they hear things that are counter to what they know and learn from our family and our home, they can point it out. So we felt very confident that our sons have figured out how to navigate this world. Um, We just felt like, why expose our youngest to this? Why make her work that hard if she doesn't have to? We we can do better for her. And I, I will say the only regret I have is that we weren't smarter about this sooner for all three of the kids. But Having said that, uh, yeah, we decided to to pick up and I was blessed to work for a company that said, look, um, we, we don't want you to quit doing the show. So why don't you just move to where you'd like to move and continue to do the show for us? And in this new age, of course, everybody's working remotely. So something that I would have thought unthinkable, you know, uh, t- five years ago, even now became possible. So I was able to move uh, to the center of the country. Um, in fact, we, we live, my kids are most upset with me that we moved to a place that doesn't even have internet. (laughs) That's how, now that was that more than school or anything else. They were really ticked at me about things like Xbox and stuff like that. So I know uh, house on the prairie, dad. Thanks. uh, (laughs) So I'm still, I'm still catching hell for that. But, um, other than that, uh, what I think they've enjoyed is a much smaller community all the way around. Uh, again, a community that reflects a little closer to our values. I think in time that'll change too, by the way, as far as public school goes, I would probably, if I had it to do all over again, even in the small community I live, I would still put the kids in a private school. Um, so there, there is no escaping it. I think the message is I, I, we didn't escape it. 
Um, we traded and borrowed some time. But if I were starting all over again with brand new babies, whether I'm on the prairie or whether I'm in New York City, boy, I think taking control of your kid's education, as you have, from the jump is the only way to go. I don't care where you live. And then you don't have to worry so much about the culture infecting your kids because you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. And how are your kids transitioning with how, how does it feel like are they do they feel like they're now? Heather, I have to say, my my daughter has just been remarkable. The boys are, you know, uh, pretty malleable. Uh, You know, they miss their friends, obviously, being teenagers and pulling them out of everything they knew that was familiar. It's a little different for them. Uh, They're all great. But my daughter, this move we made with my daughter in private Christian education, she's a different girl. Um, We actually welcomed her on one of our podcasts. We asked her if she wanted to come on. And we just interviewed her. We didn't set her up. We didn't prep her. I just said, I want you to come on and I want you to talk about what it was to be a K through five public school girl who's now entering the sixth grade in a private Christian school. I want you to talk about it. Warts and all. And she did. And it's the episode we've gotten more comments on than any other. Uh, because I think parents worry a lot about taking a kid, particularly at that tender age, that middle school teenage age, and then throwing them in something new while I ruin their life. While and she's such a great advocate for it. She knew instinctively it wasn't working. And one of the things you hear her say right away in this new school setting, Heather, is I didn't realize how little I was being challenged. What, um, effectively, she would say things like, I'm paraphrasing for her, she would say things to me that were, in essence, uh, I could have been so much more challenged. I'm being pushed to think critically. I'm being pushed to ask questions and challenge uh, presentations as opposed to just accepting presentations. She's recognizing that right away without any prompting. And then, of course, for us, from a values perspective, uh, there's there's a biblical element to her every day um, that is important to us and certainly never something that she was encouraged to explore or maybe even entertain in a public school setting, uh, she's just an inordinately more confident young woman today. She loves public speaking, uh, whereas before I think she wouldn't have dreamt of standing before her peers to speak in a class. Now she eagerly wants to. She is eager to lead and do things like student council. She's not afraid to try things, whereas before we noticed she was terrified to do anything new because she was afraid of being shamed or what have you. In fact, here's the coolest part. She came home the other day and she said, I've really been thinking about it, and I don't think much. there's not much use or good that can come from social media, TikTok and stuff like that. I think I'm done. And she, wow. deleted, her, she deleted her account. Yeah, on her own. So she, so she wants a career one day, apparently. Is that I, the... Uh, you're right. You're right. She's going to ruin her life. But she has some older mentor girls in the high school of this school that she's befriended and have ministered to her about this and talked with her about it. And this stuff that she's coming to on our own, Heather, it's, it's, you know, I'd like to say that we're great parents and we would have gotten her there on our own, but I'm not so sure. She's, yeah. she's really critically thinking on her own. I'm so proud of her. I, That's so yeah. So mature. That's well, very we, mature. I we, love that. Advocates. I, it's, she's not alone though. There's a school full of them like her. And I think a lot of parents would say they've experienced the same thing if they've done it too. Well, they say that, you know, you are your kid's influence, but you're not the, their only influence. And so what who you surround your kids with is very important. And I, I, I feel like we were kind of um, just letting the public schools decide what was going to be around our kids. And um, and while 
you know, these are other ordinary kids as well in the public schools. It just, there's just a different mindset. I remember even when I was in high school, um, I mean, when I was in high school, in public school, I remember kids just constantly being in, uh, troublemakers and and they would just yell from the back of the class, make fun of the teacher. And I would have to go after school to do lessons with my with my math teacher because I couldn't, they just kept interrupting constantly. And I realized at one point, I'm probably only one of three kids who actually want to go to college in this class. Mm -hmm. And so you have to actively want to, um, you know, be educated or, um, or just kind of hang out with other kids who don't really have a focus and care. And, and the public school shouldn't be that way. There should be um, an opportunity for everybody to find their way and to find prosperous careers and everything. But unfortunately we're letting um, kids just do whatever they want in classes. And it's, and it's causing harm on other kids and not being able to understand the material, not being able to, um, you know, actually focus so that they could be, um, they could be more knowledgeable of what they're trying to learn. Um, and also they're now subtracting real learning um, and they're adding all sorts of propaganda and politics on top of it that now as a parent, you're like, okay, I thought I was having you spend time learning, but now you're teaching my kid uh, new pronouns that don't even exist current or at least, at least didn't exist in the English language uh, two years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's that's just it. It's it's gone from being distracting and maybe not the most effective to now almost subversive. Uh, and I'm not suggesting that that's all teachers. I don't even know that it's most teachers, but you see these awful videos and, and some emails and communique where teachers are saying things like, yeah, uh, this is just between us or. I mean, I've had calls on my radio show, people that are one general. It, it floored me. And this is near a community where I've moved, by the way, to my point about you can't move away and run away from it because it's everywhere. Guy called me and said that his son, who's a seventh grader, has been effectively convinced at school that he's now a girl. And he found out that the teacher and the counselor were actively exchanging and the principal were actively exchanging communication about it. Keep it from dead though. Cause he'll blow his top. Your secret safe with us kind of a thing. Well, Hey, we should put more money into mental health programs so we can have more counselors like that. <laughs> I mean, I, I really think that it, what's sad is that there are kids who do need help. And of yet course. this is, yet this is, is just poisoning. But to keep it could, from parents, yeah. you know, to work against yeah. you at home. No, no, yeah. no. We'll handle it here in the school and mom and dad don't need to know. That's we used to teach people that you shouldn't get in the back of the van and talk to strangers. And now there's <laughs> yeah. this weird mentality of keep mom and dad out of it. It's just between us. I don't think so. Very creepy. <laughs> really? Yeah. Gosh. Well, thank you so much, Chris, for making time today to talk to me and, and to share your experience with um, with your new podcast with your wife. How's your wife doing with doing this podcast do you feel like it's making your family a bit closer and actually be able to talk to each other about what you're thinking because you do it's interesting when you talk to each other on a daily basis in the kitchen or just throughout the house there's moments where you're just you know sharing what's going on but then when you actually have a sit-down conversation with each other I imagine there's things that you go oh my gosh wow you know I didn't I didn't I didn't know she thought about that 
that way. I, I, I'm so I, I really am so proud of her. Uh, this is not a comfortable place for her. That public speaking is not her thing. She loved to teach and she was comfortable in front of seventh graders, but she it, it just killed her to stand before adults. So for her to summon the courage to stand up in front of a school board meeting a couple of years ago and you know, then when we were approached, they, it really wasn't about me. They didn't want me. I mean, they, they said, we don't we don't want fathead who talks for a living. We want the mom who's never lived this before to talk about it. So I'm along for the ride. It really is her show and it's her perspective. And she does it with a much more delicate hand than I do. I mean, I'm in the opinion, opinion business. She's her gift is really talking to people who are really struggling because this is as comfortable as I am to talk about it right now. I I do recognize, and she's helped me recognize and you're comfortable with it, but there are millions of people who think they'd like to do it, but think it's still weird, right? They're not comfortable with it. They're scared of it or for whatever reason. And so her gift has really been, I think reaching out and I hear it. I see it. People that approach us in the community or in church who say, I listen to the podcast and thank you. I mean, when I heard the other day, just last week, we decided to move our kids into a private Christian education after listening to your podcast. I, I wow. you know, you, yeah. you just can't. I, I hope that's what people take from it. It's not meant to judge or condemn or force or push or shove, but encourage to, to make the leap. Yeah. Helping people find, okay, you, know, you could do how you do have other options and, yeah. And it's going to forever change their child's experience if they do find better options for their kids. That's definitely one thing that I don't know whether it's just because we, as we were talking about earlier, people being so complacent in the public school system that people just kind of were numb to the idea of any other options. And, um, and thankfully, you know, better than anybody, it's, it's challenge. It's worth it. And you only have a finite, finite amount of time. It's hard what you're doing. It's, I know you say it's worth it, but it is hard to be honest, right? It's, it'd be a lot easier Mm -hmm. to put them on a bus, I suppose for you. You know, it it is, I, I, it's so challenging for parents. um, I think to um, figure out, okay, how do I make this work? Cause I'm, if you're a full-time parent, especially two people on two, it's a two income economy. How do you make it work? And so I think a lot of people struggle with that. And I think some of the migration of people was to figure out a way that they could afford to have options and also to find remote. When I see Elon Musk uh, bashing on remote working as just a bunch of people in pajamas, I I love Elon Musk, but Elon is completely wrong about that because I think the parent movement is very much a remote working movement or at least having a hybrid of certain uh, flexible hours or um, something that allows them to have choices. Um, and so sometimes you might need to move to an area that's uh, more affordable. So that way you can give your husband or wife, whoever wants to take on more of the education with your kids, or sometimes you figure out, okay, how do I, you know, maybe we'll be um, on the weekends like an Uber driver so I can pay for the kids' private education. Um, So, you know, parents are like, okay, how can I find flexibility, max flexibility, so I can make my life, my kids better, lives better in their education. Or homeschool pods. I mean, I I know you've known, probably heard about those. I just learned about those doing this podcast. I didn't know what pod, uh, homeschool pods were, but it's parents like you that are meeting up in your communities and, and kind of sharing some of the responsibilities there or, or sort of making little mini one-room schoolhouses, if you will. There's so much entrepreneurism and creativity out there. There's, to, there's, to there's, even, home, there's even homeschool sheds. Like, you well, know how there's a she shed? Now yes. there's, the, there's the homeschool shed. 
(laughs) And and it's terrific. I I see these moms like in these YouTube videos, like walking around showing their homeschool shed. And I'm like, this is incredible. So it's a whole family effort and it's beautiful. And I love it how families are coming together and, and and seizing their children's education. And I think it's making families closer. I think it's making a better community and a future for us all. And and, you know, I, I hope we can improve the uh, public school education system because, you know, no man's an island. We need we need public school kids to also have the same chance as well in having a good education. And so, I think this, um, this competitive model that's being built in the marketplace, I think, will force them to get better. Yeah. Yeah. Well, especially oh. with with enrollment dramatically down in so many areas, they got, they need to figure out what's going on in these schools and fix it. So, yep. um, yeah, well, thank you so much, Chris. It's been a, a, such a pleasure to have you on. And I highly recommend you check out the make the Making the Leap podcast with Chris and his wife, Christine. It's a terrific podcast. And Chris, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Heather. God bless. Thank you. Well, this is Heather Hunter with the Bespoke Parenting Podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll be back for another episode soon. Thank you.